0: Hi, everyone. My name is Anika Aftab, and welcome to The Only in the Room, the podcast where we explore stories of some incredible humans that have felt like an only in a room full of people. Despite all of that, they decided to transform their experiences and leave a greater impact on the world. Remember, the only is not just a feeling, it's a movement. On this episode of The Only in the Room, we delve into the transformative journey of our guest, David Morin. From finding inspiration in butterflies to becoming a death doula, David shares his experiences of healing, self-discovery, and navigating the depths of the penis. Join us as we explore David's profound connection with music and poetry, his time in the Peace Corps, and his quest for self-awareness and purpose prepared to be inspired by David's courageous exploration of the darkness and his unwavering commitment to living a meaningful life. David, I am super excited for you to be here with me today. Um, Just before we start, I would love for you to spell out your name, your first and last name.
1: Uh, Yes, uh, David uh, Morin, D-A-V-I-D-M-O-R-I-N.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, David. So before we get started, tell me where you're located. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I am currently in Tulare, California, temporarily, which is the center of the state of California. Um, Mm -hmm. It's about 45 minutes from 45 minutes to an hour from like a Yosemite area. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm here temporarily. It's my hometown, but I came back while I'm transitioning careers (laughs) to buy me some time and um what was the second part of that question
0: so the question really was where are you from um Mm. and then we'll we can just kind of jump right into questions this is more like i haven't decided i was actually talking to a friend yesterday about this you know most most podcasts we talk about who we like what we're doing what kind of work we're doing and i'm like no i just want to take the person for who they are just their name And then just jump right in. I don't know if that's gonna work, but it's gonna work for me right now.
1: (laughs) You're trying it. That's all that matters. Yep.
0: And so I am curious. Why were you given this name, David?
1: Um. So I have the name David because. Um. So my parents, I'm first generation American. My parents moved here from Mexico. Um. They didn't know each other when they moved here, but, um, so when my mom was here, it was I believe she was in her like preteens around. It was around high school. Um. She converted from. Catholicism to uh, Christianity to Seventh-day Adventists and her best the father of her best friend of the family that like kind of took them under her wing and, and introduced her to the church his name was David and so she named me after a father figure of hers
0: that's amazing and, and, a and...
1: wonderful man yeah
0: yeah and is religion strong with you and your family or
1: with kind of family. have you
0: drifted away with your family i drifted
1: away i definitely grew up in the church (laughs) i was the bible study guy i i helped start (laughs) a new church like i had left my denomination in high school and then i helped start build a new church like with people and wow um, yeah (laughs) that's pretty wild but i ended up leaving leaving the church like in uh after my freshman year of college that sophomore year of college Mm -hmm. around there yeah
0: yeah, and that's pretty normal, I think, with, you know, just going to college, getting exposed to all these different new experiences. Um, but I, I think religion in, in itself is just so important, to, fu- fundamentally, to have those values, you know, instilled from a young age.
1: Yeah, so, values in the community. I definitely, I mm-hmm. do miss the community aspect that that church provides.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I understand that completely. So you're you're in California right now, and Correct. do you consider California to be home for you?
1: I did I mean Mm -hmm. I still say home when I say I'm coming to Tulare but I think it's just out of habit like yeah I'm going home Mm -hmm. because that's like where most of your family is but if I'm being completely honest nowhere has felt like home lately (laughs) lately it's been yeah like the last few years I mean the last four or five years I was living in in Southern California and I moved Mm -hmm. somewhere it seemed like every year and a half or two years like no place ever felt home and so I kept moving and then obviously that that's it took several years to realize oh like obviously you know gonna be home until like you're comfortable with yourself <laughs> you know I kept running I was
0: <laughs> you just <laughs> answered my next question I was gonna say why do you think that is
1: yeah I kept running I kept running yeah. I mean I did I did Peace Corps and when I went in Southeast Asia honestly that place has felt more like home than a lot of places and that's really weird mm-hmm. but my host family there will always be a home for sure <laughs> i didn't plan on going there but that place is home
0: yeah man and where did you can you tell us a bit about where you were sent and um
1: uh yeah so i was um in timor leste east timor it's uh in southeast mm-hmm. asia it shares an island with um indonesia but the island okay. of timor itself is the size of Connecticut? It's like north of Australia. It's Is it is it in the Micronesian
0: Polynesian um, chains or no?
1: Yes, it's in that realm, but it does share an island with Indonesia, so it's still part of Indonesia. Gotcha. I think the Micronesia is like when you get a little bit more out there, out into the yeah. uh, farther into the water, into the ocean.
0: And, and you don't get to choose where you go for the Peace Corps, do you?
1: No. So they had changed the process when I was joining. They had given they had given you a list of like five and you said, choose your top three. And that was never an option before it was like, sign up and we go wherever the you hell we go send going. you. Yeah, But mm-hmm. um, I still didn't go to any of my top three I ended up going wherever they sent me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so what was your uh, reaction to seeing something like that? Because I mean, to be honest, I actually have never heard of the country um, I didn't until either. now. So, so <laughs> you're like, where am I getting sent?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, because the, the, uh, a recruiter had called me, I was, supposed to be hearing back on whether i got into peru that was my number one and i see a number from dc and i'm like oh that's peace corps and um they're like yeah we're actually not calling about peru we're calling about timor leste and i was like timor what like what is this i've never heard of it (laughs) and so i learned about it right then and there and i had like a week to decide and so i ended up just coming to the conclusion like i don't care where the hell i go i just want the experience send me wherever the hell and so um yeah and so when i got there uh I was with a, tra- a host family for tra- uh, during my training. So mm-hmm. that's in the first two months, that's where you learn the language, you learn the culture. It's basically the place to make the mistakes <laughs> because mm-hmm. before that, after training, after you learn the language and, and get a grasp of the culture a little bit is when they send you to your own assignment where you'll be for two years. And wow. um, most cases that's like away from other Americans. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and the reason I say my family was home is because... When I was getting homesick at my permanent site, the place I was at for two years, I would go to my training host family and I was only there for two months. And so they felt like home. And so I would go visit my host mom all the time. And, um, and then when I, I did a, a vacation, like a, like a year and a half in, I left for like 30 days and um, like around Southeast Asia and halfway I was so exhausted and so tired and I was like, I can't wait to go back home. And home in my head was my host family, like, was Timor. And I was like, oh, shit, I made it. Like, (laughs) I immersed. (laughs) I'm homesick for Timor. (laughs) That's amazing. Isn't
0: it amazing that you can feel those connections with people despite how long you've known them? It could be the shortest amount of time, and you feel that connection. I've known people for years, and I don't even think they know my middle name. Like, (laughs) you you know, it's...
1: (laughs) So true. Um
0: I don't know so half I, my
1: friends birthdays. Me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why Google Calendar and Facebook exist. I will just put that out there for, for sure. all of my friends. I will I have no idea.
1: <laughs> but even a step further, it's um um it's that, but what was special about the host family is like we didn't even know the same language. Yeah. <laughs> so like how do you become so close when you can't even speak the same language? So a lot of the times when I was having breakfast with my mom, my host mom it's just us like just staring at each other and smiling <laughs>
0: yep <laughs> or you know like those little bits of words and you're like good this good food yeah good <laughs> and you're like and then, okay
1: but it was cool because then the longer i was there the more comfortable i got with the language mm-hmm. so the closer we were able to become over time so that was really cool because we had better conversations
0: yeah that's amazing that that yeah. is that's fantastic um did you, you know, growing up, did you ever think that you were going to join the Peace Corps? Is, was that something that no. was on, like, your mind? No?
1: No, it was never on my radar. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, it was in college. Like, we were getting ready to graduate college, and, and one of my best friends, um, he had, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm fucking joining the Peace Corps. I was like, oh, shit. And I couldn't get past the two-year commitment. I was like, no, nah, that's just too long. Yeah,
0: that's a that's long, too long time. Mm-hmm. I was like, no,
1: nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then two years went by and I was at a job I hated. And I'm like, why the fuck didn't I do it? <laughs> like, this has been two years. And this has been miserable. Like, fuck it. And so it just, it ultimately became a thing of, I'm going to regret this forever if I don't even try and apply. Yeah. And then wow. I got in. So I was like, oh shit, we're doing this.
0: <laughs> that's incredible. That's so awesome. Um, I, You know, I that's something that I have always wanted myself to do and now you're i'm like dang it am i gonna go to the peace court? i can't do this i've got too much going on but there's always a reason <laughs> not to do something but when you do do it it becomes such a like a defining experience for you i'm sure and 100 yeah and how long has it been since you got back
1: i got back uh november oh wow november 2017 Oh, shit, to wow. the day, November Today? 18th, November 18th to the day, yo. Uh, well, this, 18, 19, 20, this it's been podcast. five years since I got home, it's been this five is years, the start of
0: this podcast is a tribute to the Peace Corps, um, I'm not sponsored by them, but this is oh, not nor,
1: intentional, <laughs> nor do anything I say reflect the views of the Peace Corps,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we gotta put that in there just in case, just no, in case yeah, someone from DC calls me up someone like from dc calls me up i'm like i didn't know i didn't know <laughs> um okay so let's switch gears because yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so so cool I, happened, I, one homework assignment that i gave you was to choose three songs that resonate with you based, like just in your your soul you know yeah. and so can you tell me what those three are and then why those three
1: yeah so i think these are a little bit fluid not fluid right i mean i feel like every year there's a few different songs but there are a few that stick um the first song is actually a song that uh it's it's called hold on by jet okay. and um so this song fell off my radar for a long time but it came back on my radar before i did a bunch of traveling in the last couple of months and it it just resonated so much like the lyrics of that song resonated so much to where i was and I probably listened to it like 300 times over vacation. <laughs> and so I think that's going to be a song on my queue for a while. Um, number two right now, I would say, uh, is Amor Eterno by Juan Grabiel. is a Mexican singer. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's it's, yeah, I don't know. There's something about, it's not like I grew up listening to that song or anything, but something about that song, in the last couple of years has just really reached a very deep part of me every time I listen to it. And um mm-hmm. and so it takes me into a very deep meditative state. And it it's also like about the transition I'm going into as well. I can talk about that later. Um
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Transition's th- <laughs> the theme.
1: <laughs> and number three, I would say uh first breath after coma. Mm-hmm by explosions in the sky.
0: First breath after
1: home. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, thank you for those. And I did have a question of, about the second one. So I don't speak Spanish. Um, Can you tell me a bit about, and if I listen to this, so for all the other artists, I can listen to their song, you know, and understand through words or just through the beat or et cetera, the emotion that it elicits. So now someone who doesn't speak Spanish, why Why that song? What does it? What does it mean to you?
1: So... When I said I was in a, um, in a transition earlier, um, Mm -hmm. something, uh, a field I'm trying to transition into is, uh, being a death doula. And that is transitioning people, helping to transition people when they die. And since I've gotten on this journey of learning about it, um, I've had a, a crazy fascination with not crazy, but an intense fascination, um, with how death is viewed in in the motherland in mexico and so um and i went for day of the dead and stuff just recently but that's the song that like the whole country plays during that time and but also the the performer so it's a song of mourning it's it's about a death uh i believe it was written um when his mother died and so but i'm also learning that (laughs) well i knew that but juan he is probably he is one of the most passionate singers I have ever heard. And so when you hear him, it's like, whoa. And so I was just in this very raw and intense and, and, and vulnerable state within myself when I heard that song, and it just comforted me in so many ways. And so um, yeah, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like when I listen to that song, I can tap into like the grief of the world a little bit more and just like, it's just a, a very intense moment of, like, compassion for me when I listen to it.
0: Wow. Because you
1: know that someone's in so pain many listening questions. to this.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> have so many questions now. Um, so first question is death doula. First and foremost, we, when we use the word doula, we just only assume that they're for birth. And so yes. the concept of a death doula, I'm assuming, is equivalent to, like, hospice care or in that, no. in that, realm, it's in or that no. realm. It's in that realm.
1: It's in that realm. So what I want to do as a death duel is do everything except medical care, except medical attention. So I'm there to help them with the mental, emotional, spiritual, logistical, physical aspects of dying. Um, You know, whether it's, do you have a will set up? What do you want to happen with your body? What do you want to be there in your last days? Who do you not want to be there? So it's like, think of all of these things ahead of time so that when the time comes, you can be present and we have almost no presence in society.
0: So my next question is how do you how do you manage the grief of others? That is that's a lot of emotion that comes with death <laughs> and ha- I don't have the capacity sometimes to manage my own emotions, let alone <laughs> someone that is dying.
1: Well, first of all it's something you, I I'm I've spoken to a few death doulas and they've all said, this is something you're called to. It's not something you stumble into. And it's something that's for sure been called to me. Um, To answer your question, I would say uh, I went, not that I know what it's like to die, but I went so long without caring about my own pain and my own emotions. You know, I always put everything on the back burner for everyone else that I've been to some depths. (laughs) I've been to some shit on my own, you know, and, and, experiences are are relative to what everyone else goes through no not everyone's the same but for me in my life and what I've experienced it's been fucking intense and there have been like times I'm on the floor in the fetal position like having a panic attack and I just went so long without having a healthy way to to do anything with it so I would drink or I would smoke and so I would make it all worse (laughs) and in the meantime take in more from friends and so it's like I was a bottomless pit for the first Three decades of my life, and then um, once I learned how to transform it and to heal from it and to begin healing from it, I'm not all healed from it, obviously. But you know, as, as much room as there is for pain, that's how much space there is for goodness now, too. And so, um, yeah, that was just a long winded way of saying like I've learned to hold space, and that's about ninety percent of the job, and and wow. it's also doing the work yourself actively. Because you can't be there for someone and expect them to answer these questions if you're not doing it yourself, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: And, and what changed for you? You said that, you know, three decades you were living this one way.
1: Um, well, I think I just finally ran to myself instead of running to someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, it, goes to, it goes together. I think it'll make more sense. Um, so in uh, no, last year, it was either July or November of last. I think it was July twenty twenty one.
0: November's the month now. <laughs> it's my no, birthday now, now, month now. too. So, so last special. July,
1: <laughs> it was last July. I felt called to do a a darkness retreat, where uh, really? it's like a darkness meditation retreat. Yeah, yeah. For you're in a pitch black room. Uh, three days. It was wow. uh, three nights. Um, so I was called to do that. I don't know why. I was like, I'm terrified of the dark. Like I don't even like being in pitch black dark. But I'm, like, it's just I'm doing it. Whatever. And, um, and so what that, uh, represented was really just being with myself, like going into a room where like, I can't escape from myself. I'm going to sit here with myself, you know, pitch black, no phone, no books, no music, nothing, you know, there's a bathroom and a bed. <laughs> and so it's just like, I, I literally just locked myself in a room and that like, you're not getting out of here until you figure this shit out type of thing. <laughs> Like you, it's extremes. Like, I don't know how to do it anything.
0: No. <laughs> how are you eating? Are you just like consuming soup? Like, yeah. What you- so it's
1: with the retreat center. There's a, um, they build like a, a window thing where um, it's double-sided so they can open it from their side and put food in there without compromising the darkness and then they knock on it and then I get up and bring it out and um, I'm just sitting there in the dark, just like, what is this? What is this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and but but do you like when you're doing that did you notice tastes differently did you oh notice gosh, yes. like because you're all you have you're you've completely lost yeah sight right and that amplifies yeah. all the other yes. senses
1: yes so how so, how did it feel oh man i enjoyed every meal so much they're vegan i've never enjoyed vegan food so much um <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I remember one morning I had a oatmeal and I'm just there on this meditation pillow, just enjoying the fuck out of this oatmeal. And, um, I don't know where I, I chew into a pineapple and I was like, whoa, where did that come from? But it was the most delicious thing I've ever tasted in my life. I was like, oh shit, this pineapple is so good. Like better than any ice cream I've ever had. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was amplified like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. it was a very it, like enjoying experience I'm like oh I want to like savor this as much as I can but I want to eat it all right now because it's so delicious
0: yeah oh my goodness I I mean I've and, heard stories oh sorry please continue
1: no I was just uh. so they have um paper and pencils there they're like if there's anything you need write it on, on the paper <laughs> and so I'm just trying to write in the dark like thank you that was so good <laughs>
0: That did not look like, thank you. That was so good. I know that for a fact.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Well, I took like a ruler. I tried it beforehand because I, I process a lot through journaling. And mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, how am I not going to journal for a few days? But that was the right. point. That was the point.
0: Wow. And and I've heard that people have seen, you know, all sorts of things by those three days, right?
1: Um, like, I didn't um so i i think that the visions come like after four days three or four days around the time when i left but um transparency i actually had to leave i left 12 hours early like when last night was starting Mm -hmm. um because i had a scheduling fuck up i started a day later than i intended and if i would have stayed the whole time i would have had to go straight to the airport when i got out and i'm like no (laughs) i'm getting out and I'm gonna yeah. go to a hotel. And so but but truthfully, if I'm being hundred percent honest, by by the time I did leave, I got what I went for. I felt yeah. content. Like I was like, I came what I I definitely got what I needed. But um oh. I forgot why I brought that up, but was the question. I think I'll just I just mean, it a disclaimer. <laughs>
0: no, that is yeah. here's another disclaimer. If you're gonna do a retreat, don't go to the airport right after a darkness retreat. Yeah. Don't go to the airport. Any right kind after. of
1: retreat. You want at least last night to enjoy yeah, yeah wow
0: and were, were you in like south america like was this here this was in, in... mexico this
1: is in oaxaca mexico.
0: okay because i am looking into it <laughs> very into much I was... yeah i would love 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 to do a darkness retreat as an extrovert i find it very hard to be alone and so i'm actually just excited to see how spending time I mean, there are multiple reasons why I'd want to do it. What were your, let me ask you, what were your motivations for wanting to do something like this?
1: It didn't really make sense to me. It's basically, it was a really intense gravitation to do that. Like it was the same thing pulling me that pulled me to Peace Corps. And that was a very strong pulling. Like I'm never going to get over this if I'd never do it. So I'm just going to fucking do it. And so, mm-hmm. and I think that was just a point I was in my healing journey where I was very ready to receive. Because the darkness is, is a very ancient, um, it's a very ancient practice. And it's when I went to Oaxaca, I, at first, they do a call and screening to make sure you know what you're getting into and that you've done some self-care work. <laughs> and so um, I asked them, I was like, hey, I'll, when I also go to Oaxaca, I'm planning on doing like peyote or, or mushrooms or, or something else or ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have as much healing as I can. And they're like, ooh, we know if you're going to do the darkness retreat, you I don't recommend that. And I was like, well, why not? <laughs> I'm going to be there, you know? And they're like, well, it's like seeing two different teachers and you might get even more confused or more lost. And they're like, darkness is something very ancient. I think you should just take this and and let that do what it can. And, um, oh, and that's the reason I brought it up. So in in a lot of ways, it was that was me confronting death. It was I think it was it just turned out to be me confronting my death because when you're dead, what is there? Like it's, it's literally darkness. Who knows if we're conscious for it or not? But it's just lights out. And so um Full circle. Yes. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, it, so it was uh it was really cool. So when I when I first got in there, the um the guide he uh you know, he showed me some breathing techniques and then there was a candle in the room. And he's like, when I leave, you're free to blow it out. Whenever you're ready, you can blow it out in an hour. You can blow it out tomorrow morning. It's completely up to you. Take your time. This is your experience. I was like, all right, cool. He leaves. And I'm like, so I'm going into like a, a OCD mode a little bit. I'm like, I need to go where everything's at. Where's this? Where's that? Like, just so I know. And so I started getting caught up in my own head. I was like, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then I just had like a very gentle whisper in my ear. It was like, blow it out. Just blow it out. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> so I just blew it out right then and there. But the second I did, it felt like I had gotten the biggest hug in my life. It's like, I felt consumed and I was like, oh my gosh, I felt so high. It was so intense. And so, um, and that's where I got um the confidence not the confidence i think that's where i just really let it sink in i was like oh shoot i'm a poet like it was in that during that experience not that not that first night but in that experience is where i walked away like yeah i'm a poet there's no like denying that
0: <laughs> your poetry journey has been it's been a journey right it's taken a, a bit of time to come to fruition but your full time now you're like i'm a poet <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, well, yeah. That brings it full circle. That's what changed. I discovered poetry. I went to the dark, wow. to the dark room, and then I didn't discover poetry in there. But that's where it, it life slapped me and was like, "Idiot! Like you're a poet! Like get out of here!" Like...
0: You discovered yourself. <laughs> yes, you discovered, discovered yourself one hundred percent. Yes, that is wow, absolutely incredible. And how how long ago was that retreat? Last summer. Last summer, July. So that's what you were.
1: July twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, I was there for wow. of July actually. <laughs> Wow. That was the darkness for Fourth of July. Yeah. That in was my darkness. Independence Day. That was my that's, Independence Day.
0: That's <laughs> ironic, but you know, we gotta live in the extremes. That's that's amazing. <laughs> I don't I'm still processing. Like that is an experience like that is so so unique to you. And I mean I can go through that exact experience and have an entirely different yeah. um outcome. And so that's why I just Wow. I'm just amazed, David. I can't believe I didn't know about this. I, I will point out though, the universe hug. So you said it felt like a hug.
1: Oh I am my gosh, pointing yes. it as
0: a universe hug. I heard that a few days ago and I was like Did you? The un I, I was like, I need a universe hug. Why haven't mm. I gotten a universe hug?
1: I like hug better. I used to call it a, a high five from the universe, but a high five is weak. Five? Like it's a fuck it was a bear hug. It's a hug. Know? It's
0: a bear. Yeah. The, it's just, you know, is greater than that. So yeah. That's, it was, that's amazing. It was
1: beautiful. It was beautiful.
0: <laughs> so I haven't even really looked at my questions. I've kind of just been <laughs> spitballing here and I, I, I love it. And I, I prefer that, right? I love this conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I do want to know. And, and so this kind of goes back to my book and why I reached out to you in the first place. Mm. And I've told you this is the book is called The Only in the Room. And it's because despite, I mean, because of what I look like, I felt like the only in the room, you know, female, person of color, an immigrant, first generation, all those boxes you can check off. I have felt alone in a crowded room because of that. However, the most, most reasons why I felt alone or most of the times I felt alone is because of the journey that i'm taking whether it be healing from trauma or mm. you know trying to change my mindset or trying to pursue something new that lights my soul on fire but i look around and i'm like i don't think anyone else gets this so my question to you is have you ever felt like you were alone in a room full of people
1: in 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 the same aspects like physically alone in or like emotional spiritual aspect, alone?
0: have you ever felt it in general
1: yeah, I think I felt that way for most of, not most of my life. I think the last 10 years after Peace Corps, when I got home, it felt like a lot of the rooms I we were in were empty because, and I think it was what you said, it's to, it's to the growth. I'm like, literally none of you have, expe- have any idea what I've just experienced. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so in some ways it's funny because that, I feel like that bonded me and my brother who were in the military. A lot more because all the nuances of the experience, we understood each other one hundred percent. Except I wasn't going to war, I was just living in a foreign country, you know. <laughs> but um yeah, and so I think it was and a lot of it is is the voluntary stuff you put on yourself. But um yeah, I would say most of the time every room I felt in felt pretty empty. And I think a lot of that was because i wasn't in tune with myself like it felt empty because so when i say i I became a poet i've i've been a poet my whole life it just took me that long to realize it and to express it and so that was a very lonely journey having all of these intense emotions and observations about the world but nothing to do with them and knowing that no one else around you shares them so yeah i think that was incredibly lonely for a very long time of my life um But, uh, I will say the last time I felt like I, the first, the end of that and the beginning of something new of never feeling in an empty room again was probably the third door retreat in in LA. Can
0: you tell us what the third door is?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I had met you in person for the first time, but that was with, um, uh, a book, the third door by Alex Benayan. Um, it's this incredible book. Changed
0: our uh, lives.
1: Changed our lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alex had started some mentor sessions of when COVID first hit, like a, like the same month COVID hit. I think he just launched these sessions, and um, we had he had built this virtual community for a couple of years, and then he finally did an in person retreat, and it was incredible. Um, what was funny though, thinking talking about empty rooms, I think I mentioned this to you when when they started the Zoom sessions, I I stepped away because I felt like I was alone even in that virtual room just because really? of really yeah that's how like badly i felt about myself at that point wow um yeah but and, um, and
0: when you came I mean, so the conference was only a few months ago in july or june july four I think. months
1: ago yeah july. wow
0: um what did you feel alone in that room like there no, was like 250 no, was...
1: of us <laughs> i was no I was listening that i was like over 100 there wasn't was
0: it? I thought it was over, oh, I thought it was 200. It was a lot know. of people, but <laughs> there was a lot of people in a very small space.
1: <laughs> yeah. it felt No, like... that was the first time I was among strangers, but didn't feel alone. And so at that was, but yeah. that was also, I think that reflects where I was in my own journey because mm-hmm. I was finally at a point where, um, I, well, like I said, like, so that was almost a year after I, I realized I was a poet and then it took me mm-hmm. a year to finally claim it like out with people instead of independently you know there's this room of entrepreneurs and like all these founders and and so super successful people and i'm like yeah, i'm a poet just try to figure it out <laughs> but and even you, then i didn't feel alone and yeah. so that was awesome
0: and your your poetry so what would be the right terminology your not it wasn't a speech your presentation My poem your poem, your poem, your performance. There's the (laughs) word. (laughs) It's a little too early. I haven't had my caffeine yet. Um, your performance. I just remember, I still, I'm thinking back to it right now. I have goosebumps Mm. right now. Just thinking about how powerful it was. I just, Mm. David, do you have a way with words and you're able to, you know, just embody emotions that I didn't even know I had, let alone had words, <laughs> to, you know, put, you know, put into words. And so I just, Thank I you. just want you to know that I know mm-hmm. you've, you're like stepping into yourself. It's just, you are, you are definitely stepping into yourself and it, it shows, it, it really does. Thank because you so much. the entire Thank you. row was, we were all just, you we were just feeling it. All the emotions.
1: That was, so. that was the first time I shared a poem from memory. So that was a really big step for me too. Wow.
0: That is yeah. incredible. And wow, I just, I just have to say, and what, where can, where can our listeners, um, go to, do you have like poetry out yet? Do you have an Instagram?
1: Oh, no, well, I have an Instagram. Yeah. I'm on Instagram currently at a, uh, so my last name is Morin, M-O-R mm-hmm. dot in tune, M-O-R dot I-N-T-U-N-E. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, I have, I have like written poetry there, but no, I, I my, my strength I'm, I'm beginning to learn and understand thanks to people like you telling me is, is in performing it and letting people hear it and witness it. And so, um, I'm definitely going to start making some reels of that. Yes. But, um, the Instagram, yeah. you know, and cool. even in, in my podcast, I've recorded 13 episodes so far. And I think I only share one of my poems like twice or three times. It's like, no, I think I need to put my shit out there a little bit more. <laughs> so I think that's something have, I'm working like... on.
0: Two sentences in the beginning, or something. You need to start with Mm. it, or end with it. You know,
1: I'm gonna both do both. (laughs) Both, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's that's amazing, and I mean the Instagram. Well, thank you so much for your words. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, But going back to something that you said that was really interesting to me, I've had this conversation about being the only in the room with many many people, and your perspective on how you had said I was just not in a a place, you know, I was in a bad place or I I made myself feel alone. I was, I was self-isolating. That's, you know, for once you said it, I was like, that was a click for me. I was like, wait a minute. Mm. (laughs) That is, that is true. And my question is how do, how do you get out of that? Like what, what advice would you have for someone that is self-isolating and they don't realize that they are
1: because, Um. Well, first I would say logistically and practically, um, stop going to places you don't want to go to <laughs> most of the time stop I forced myself. Going, to... yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most of the time I forced myself to go out because I was uncomfortable being alone. And so like, I remember there's a couple of years stretch. I go to the clubs every weekend. and I fucking hate clubbing. <laughs> and so obviously I'm gonna feel alone if I'm gonna keep going in settings, I don't want to be in. And mm-hmm. so stop doing that. Number one. <laughs> um, And I think you'll get comfortable setting boundaries after that. But number two is um, eventually you're just going to have to sit with yourself. Eventually you're going to have to ask yourself why, you know? And I think instead of just accepting things as they are, I've always felt this way. It's how it has to be. It's like, no, those are just feelings and emotions that you've let control. And so, um, yeah, it's at some point, I heard a quote the other day that I've been repeating a lot, but like, there's no such thing as rock bottom. You know it's rock bottom is when you've had enough (laughs) and so what's your tolerance like if you have a big tolerance um i mean that something magical is going to be on the other side of that but (laughs) but it's going to be a bitch to get there um yeah yeah but so yeah you just have to be comfortable with yourself and with silence and um self-awareness get that self-awareness game up for sure Mm -hmm
0: that's amazing i don't know
1: if i completely answered it but <laughs> no i
0: mean i don't think that there's one answer i just no, there's i'm not. curious to know kind of what was it what was it for you i mean for me well, it i mean
1: was... yeah
0: oh please <laughs>
1: well no it was what i've been saying well besides that it was poetry like poetry you need to transform it somehow like there's one mm-hmm. thing to acknowledge it and you have to do something with it whether it's sharing it whether it's writing a book interview whatever it is you got to do something with it and that's yeah. where grace and... we're creating comes anyways yeah go on
0: I love that you use the word transform in general and and I'm excited to to transition into the 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 object <laughs> that would represent transformation. However, transformation in general when I talk about it in my book it's it's you know taking the energy of like your past experiences or what you've done like the the mindset that you had all that negative and transforming it into something positive, something that leaves an impact and for you it seems to be poetry and or it is not seems it is poetry yes i would say that's one way to do it it's, it's, it's definitely way. my north
1: star and figuring it out yeah
0: yeah and so tell me tell me about what about poetry like inspires you and what inspires you to write poetry on both sides
1: um everything inspires me to write <laughs> and that's what I that's kind of what i say when so i, w- I recently went to this poetry retreat and it was really funny because A girl there asked me she's like when you write stuff like this how how do you turn it on like how do you access that and like it's funny I was like you really want to know the secret I'm always on like (laughs) I can't ever turn this off it's it's a double-edged sword like I think I mentioned this to you last time like I, I really can't turn it off because Like I'll have breakfast with my grandma and see her, her, her veiny arms. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about death and got a death poem. And it's like, I just want to enjoy some fucking pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I can't turn this off. And so, um, yeah, I think I went into a tangent there, but it's always on. And so in that way, everything is inspiring. Like if you're not inspired, you're not looking hard enough because there's something everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you
0: find it hard to be present if you're thinking, that there's just so much to write about.
1: Um, yes. Yes and no. So that's interesting. Um, I did for the longest time, I was like, I need every idea. I was like, whenever I get an idea, I have to write it down, I have to start something. Like, I didn't wanna let it go away, you know. But then the more I internalized and started saying, like, I'm a poet, like this is this is my reality now. I'm gonna have things always coming to me. And so I'm I'm really trying to be a little bit more abundant with that you know how people have like abundance with money and stuff obviously i want money with abundance but i'm beginning to have abundance with ideas and lines and so when stuff comes to me i'm like yeah i really need to write that down but like if i can't and if i can't remember it like i'll get another one like (laughs) it'll come back there's always gonna be something and so i don't know if that quite answered your question but um
0: absolutely and and i think when it does come back it's it's the time for it to come back right yeah. I'm a personal believer that, you know, things are, when they happen, it's because it was meant to happen around that time or when it, you know, it did. So yeah. all for it. You, <laughs> yes. You're answering yeah. my questions. There's no right answer <laughs> to any of these questions, David. <laughs> That's, but, like, uh,
1: yeah. So it's inspira- uh Yeah. Inspiration is everywhere. Um, and so I think it's, it's mostly, so I'm easily inspired and I'm easily moved. And so I think it really comes down to what's, What's something you have to say about that yeah. or how you all, I always try to bring it back to a personal experience because that's how people receive things the most. And so, um, yeah, I, I I think when you when you feel the power, what first inspired me to write was was hearing a poem and witnessing a poem. And uh, and there was one poem in particular that um, it just it hit me. And a lot of it was, I think, because it had roots of, of the death doula transition work I was going to do. Um, and had some ties to that, and so that's why I felt so called to it. But ultimately, I had heard a poem that inspired me so much, and that couldn't make me like I couldn't sleep. And I was like, oh shit! Like I want to in- impact people that way. I want to move people that way. And um, yeah, I just wanted to get in the mix. I was like, wait, why do I only really have to consume this? I can, I can do this too.
0: Yeah, and and that's so funny. I was my next question was going to be, how have you have you been able to bridge that gap between, you know? those are the feelings of death and in your poetry have you been able to kind of combine those two or
1: (sighs) well that's in this transition period i'm at i'm in a point where i am trying to combine it because really yeah um obviously poetry is always going to be poetry but i think when it comes to death, because that's something we're so afraid of to talk about, or we're so taboo, at least in Western society, not all societies and cultures need to talk about death. They have plenty of death going on, <laughs> but yeah. at least for where we're at right now and the type of healing we need, um, I think it's just a new avenue to explore that. And I, I've experienced poetry, poetry to be an energy of itself. And that's why it's my, re- my new religion, because um, I feel like if, if you do something with the intention of it being a poem, you're inviting an energy to help you facilitate that and to use you for it. And so, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So essentially, yeah, When with poetry, um, it's, it's definitely a life-changing force. And so, um, yeah, I forgot exactly where I was going with that.
0: Like that. No, you're okay, you're okay. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I am curious. So, I mean, knowing you, we've we've only spoken a few times. I'm pretty sure only maybe once or twice, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is amazing. Seriously,
1: it feels I, like a lot longer. I, I, I was I, gonna wait. say, I
0: was like, wait a minute, I feel like I've known you my whole life. <laughs> um, something you mentioned, and we haven't talked about, like touched on yet, is the the uh, butterflies. So I know that is very meaningful to you. And I'd love, love, love to explain. I would love for you to explain why that is and why, what, butter? what do I, what about butterflies, David? Tell me about butterflies. (laughs) We've been waiting for this moment.
1: (laughs) Butterflies. Okay. So when I first started writing poetry, I I joined this um, poetry course and it's where you kind of submit your poems and then they give you feedback. And I shared this poem one day called social butterfly about myself. And it was just like a throwaway poem. I was almost going to delete the whole thing. And um, one of the girls from class was like, there's a lot more here that you're not showing. Like, there's a lot more here. I was like, what are you talking about? So I started Googling butterflies. And ever since then, my life's never been the same. Um, Um... So essentially, butterflies have been my muse. And what I'm trying to do with my first book is um, kind of translate the human experience through that of butterflies. And so the first thing that really spoke to me was um, the plant that they eat called milkweed. And this plant and the butterfly, it's really cool. They've had like this arms race throughout their existence where the plant, so the plant's poison. It's poison to all but like nine or ten species of insects, even to humans. Um, So um, the, the, the plant has been trying to kill off the butterflies from eating it. And the butterflies continue to learn how to adapt it as energy, and um, ultimately protection. So the colors and the wings are from the poison, and that allows the birds to be like, "Oh shit, don't fuck with that! Like we're gonna die if <laughs> if we yeah. mess with that." And so ultimately, what what the milkweed represented to me was um, all all of the vices that I was and still am battling with. You know, like our milkweed is 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 food. It's It's alcohol, it's weed, it's sex, but it's drug addiction. Whatever it is, we all have a poison. And um, whenever we've decided we've had enough is when we can transform that (laughs) into our superpower. And so anyway, since then, um, butterflies have just been showing up in my life all the time, whether metaphorically or um, in person. Like when I tell people about my books about what I'm writing or something, a butterfly would just fly right behind me <laughs> when there's like none around, like where'd that butterfly come from? It's so, mm-hmm. um, so the other really fascinating aspect that really captured me is that they migrate to Mexico every year for their uh, migration and they do bird level migrations <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're an insect. So the equivalent of a human doing that journey is to walk around the globe 11 times. And so these are these flying raisins. Yeah. And so when, when they flap their wings, they're using 20 times the amount of energy it takes. So obviously that's not sustainable. So they have these antennas that figure out how much wind there is, if there's enough wind to take them on their next journey. And they have another antenna to detect where the sun is. Anyways, I'm getting too, too in the details here, but (laughs) they go to Mexico every year. And this is when I'm learning, like I am in this deep search of like my own heritage. I'm like, I'm going to Mexico too. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so um, they, um, not only that, but their arrival tends to coincide with uh, Day of the Dead. And so the community around, circle. believe, yeah, <laughs> full circle. And so, I mean, imagine I'm just getting lost into this, this poetry of life of, of all this that's going on. And so they've been my muse for a very long time. And so I was like, I, I got to follow into Mexico. Like, <laughs> I have to go there for Day of the Dead, and that's that's what I just the trip I just got back from.
0: Oh, recently.
1: Yeah, I was just there a couple weeks ago for the yeah, end. Uh, wow. Day of the Dead is November first and second.
0: November first and second. Wow. And first and foremost, I feel like as you were speaking, I'm like, you're so aligned with the universe.
1: <laughs> you you well, are. What, I mean, what about what I said? We just just.
0: Just the fact that like how you just talked about the story of the butterfly, David, you just talked about your own story <laughs> in a way. And then it's, and then you said the day of the dead. And I'm like, did we just not talk about the day of the dead like 20 minutes ago in this conversation? Like, and did we just not talk about death and transformation and putting in hard work to have to behind it all. manually get yourself to where you need to go? This is just very much. <laughs> it's it's full circle i've never yeah. i've never experienced this but <laughs> listening to you talk about it i'm like oh my goodness you must be getting blessings left and right from the universe because you I... are sir in tune and your your instagram is in tune <laughs> <laughs> just just putting that out there it's <laughs> oh,
1: no no i mean yeah my life has been stupid rich with blessings and just coincidences when i so part of the trip was going to morocco um the poet who inspired me to write ended up posting a retreat there the same time I was going to be there. Like that was unplanned. <laughs> and if I hadn't, if my, if I didn't listen to my intuition to purchase a one-way ticket earlier in the summer, before I even knew about the retreat, I probably wouldn't have been able to attend.
0: Like Morocco. It's not even like, it's like, you know, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. It's not like right. Like Santa Monica, California. It's- it's and, Morocco, yeah.
1: you got a one way ticket. I was already there ticket. for a wedding. <laughs> what like are I was the already chances? there for a friend's wedding, and so it was just like, what? The, in the same city just, in the same country in the same continent. What the fuck's going on?
0: Absolutely <laughs> incredible. I just, I just want to say, like, I, I have, I'm just, I don't even know how to respond because I feel the. Just the power of the universe in this conversation and mm. is amazing. And, and I'm so I'm so happy for you that you were able to not only find yourself, but find so much of we talking about pain and purpose, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, Yeah, that's 100 percent it's like experiencing your purpose
0: is in your pain. The, pain. the purpose is in the pain, but you learn you learn about your purpose through that pain. Mm. And I mean I'm I know there's other ways, but it is so so – gratifying and like once you have that right and how do you continue to maintain it what advice would you have for someone that seems like they found it and then then what
1: um well i'm still figuring that out i mean i've only i haven't even been writing two years yet <laughs> so i'm still <laughs> very young in my and figured this out and that's why i say it's a religion because it's you know people in religions they read reading the Bible and their books all the time they don't stop and so it's something i'm continuously going to be learning but um for me it means just trusting yourself just trusting yourself more once you get to a point of awareness and once you realize like i am in these empty rooms let me listen to the voice telling me i'm in an empty room where does where does it want me to be instead you know and um and it's not easy like if it were easy everyone would be doing it (laughs) and so you have to at some point just when you're ready for a change um explore you know it took me speaking of alex's book i read that book in 2019 and was ready to change my life after that but it's like i was still lost i don't know what the fuck to do (laughs) and so it took it took about two years after that until i discovered poetry and so it's just finding these breadcrumbs that lead you to more and more breadcrumbs like we're just ants following the loaf when it comes down to it
0: 100 percent. we are just ants following the loaf (laughs) i love it that's good I was telling the other conversations I've had, I'm like, we're getting t-shirts. Like everyone gets their own tagline.
1: <laughs> Ooh, well, you, you, can, the taglines.
0: you can have, um, honestly, I can't tell you. I remember there's some, Oh, uh, the last one I heard was monks are gangster. That's, that's right there. Oh, monks are
1: gangster, dude. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: They have to wake up every day and be like, yeah, I, I want this. I don't care about the world <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like every day. Oh, a quick uh can i can i do a quick detail yeah, in the dark room please, in that please. something fascinating i i learned after the fact uh, over a year later um so this is going to sound very like pretentious of me but it's something i'm working through so i didn't realize until after the fact that the definition of nirvana is to extinguish like a flame like it's something so simple it's just extinguishing like a flame blowing out a flame and that represents our life you know it's like when when we're just yeah so I this is why I say I I sound pretentious because I feel like I got a crumb a little sliver of nirvana of what that experience could be like when I blew out the candle in the dark room because it was like Mm -hmm. just a complete surrender and I feel like that was that big hug that I got so like after that I had a lot more respect for monks (laughs) monks <laughs> like those dudes are gangsters <laughs>
0: <laughs> back to monks being gangster this is the second yeah. second episode telling you that <laughs> that is wow that is amazing i had no idea about that definition either so that's pretty pretty interesting um yeah. so i know we're coming up on time i did have a few more questions first yeah. and foremost um before we get to the fun questions the last question i wanted to ask you um was what advice would you give little david
1: as pissed off as it'll make me, I'll just say, keep going <laughs> because I don't want me to change track. Like I wouldn't change anything. And so, but it's going to suck what I'm going to, what, what little David's going to go through. And so maybe if I would give some advice is, um, be quiet. Like, just be quiet. Just shut up. Like <laughs> because I I, I could never shut up. Like I had to talk to someone t- to be comfortable, and so um, yeah. And I want to keep it vague because, like I said, I don't, I don't know if my life would have turned out this way if I found poetry or whatever my expression was ten years ago. Maybe it would have just been a hobby, and I'd still be lost. And so, at this point, the way it, it's transformed my life, it's given me direction, and new purpose, and so it's like <laughs> maybe I'd say, "Buckle up!" Like it's gonna get hard, Obie. <laughs>
0: Keep going, stay quiet, and buckle up. (laughs) Poor little David.
1: I love that. It's going to be okay, little David.
0: (laughs) Thank you for putting that together. More t-shirt designs. I got you.
1: (laughs) So what what was it altogether?
0: It was uh, keep quiet. Oh, no, keep going. Keep quiet and buckle up.
1: Keep going, be quiet, and buckle up. (laughs) That sounds like
0: something my mom told me when I was (laughs) – crying in the car. <laughs> Something along I'm sorry, those. Sorry, little
1: David, you'll take me later. <laughs> <laughs> Good, follow the butterflies. My, my
0: my my little thing, to the little David is it's going to be okay. Big David's got it. <laughs> he
1: knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's yeah, not that me.
0: mean, I promise you.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that is hilarious.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, let's switch gears. We only have a few more minutes. Yeah, um yeah, yeah. I love this question. I love to ask this question is if you were a breakfast food, which food, based on your personality, which food are you choosing, and then why?
1: Mm. You know what's funny? I was thinking about this, and I was like, "No, that's fucking stupid." But I would be aside. side. A side. Side. So this is in America. People outside of America don't uh, probably uh, don't know know this because uh, our portions are so fucking huge here. But <laughs> so, like, would you would you come here? you Go to a diner, whatever base that you're going to order whether it's pancakes or country fried steak or whatever um they'll bring some uh uh mashed potatoes No, the gravy and potatoes what is it a sausage and gravy
0: there's sausage and gravy gravy and potatoes mashed potatoes whatever it is all those (laughs) options in america are unlimited exactly (laughs) abundance is key
1: (laughs) so the one that i'm used to is is the sauce the biscuits and gravy biscuits and gravy and it's not even my favorite food, but it's like yeah. I, I'm i coming to terms that I've always been a lot for people. Like I've been a lot to handle because I never had a way to express everything I've got going on. And so it's like, but I'm still that way. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm the biscuits and gravy. Like you can't handle all that. Don't come over here to me because I'm not like, if, no, you, you got to be willing to have an extra serving of, of some humanity if you're going to hang around me. And I love so I it. Think, uh, yeah, I'd be a side. <laughs>
0: I'll take a side of biscuits and gravy and I need to start eating before I do these because now I'm starving. I'm instantly starving. So when you
1: got another one but coming up,
0: I love it. I absolutely biscuits and gravy. I love it. Are you choosing biscuits and gravy or just any kind of sides?
1: I would just be the side, the side, side that. Yeah. I would just, I guess so. But then I don't want to say you have to be gorge yourself to enjoy my company, but I yeah. regret that answer down the way. <laughs>
0: you can change it anytime i promise okay. you but
1: okay. i will
0: say something that you did say that was interesting was where you said that you're too much you know or like you've been a lot and i was having this conversation recently about capacity you know mm-hmm. where i i said I, I was saying how recently for me the more i've been and this is another t-shirt idea it was stopping a cup have a bowl like become a bowl uh like hold yourself you know and maybe maybe David and I'll just say this is maybe your whole life you've been the bowl with the capacity to love to have these emotions this it like you know the amount of it and people just have been cups so they haven't been able to take
1: it yeah and and that goes to being an empty room I'm a bowl in a room of cups like
0: (laughs) you're a bowl in a room of cups there you go (laughs) i didn't realize we were gonna get so many inspirational taglines that no one ever is gonna understand
1: (laughs) that's so funny that's my life (laughs) you're a poet
0: (laughs) you're i'm a poet you're a poet we're all poets (laughs) well this has been amazing and we are exactly on time and i just want to say thank you so much david for joining Mm -hmm. me and for you know, supporting me in my journey with this book and this podcast and aligning myself to the universe. Is there anything last minute you'd like to say?
1: I want to leave a – yeah, I want to try what I'm going to try closing my podcast with. It's short. I think you'll like it. Absolutely. All right, so this is one of my – it's short, um, but it's something I wrote that I can't stop repeating. Um, I don't care about the answers. It's to the questions I'll run. Questions are the answers if you know where they're from.
0: Wow, I I love it. And I think that's perfect for, you know, that's what we're doing here. We're asking questions. We are. Yes. Wow. (laughs) I love it. And I think that you should. It was perfect. And (laughs) I I look forward to hearing more about, you know, your please create a page, create reels. I want to share. Um, And I also want to listen because I want to feel. If you're a listener and. Oh, that was so
1: cool, right? Yeah.
0: So I thought the secret word for our podcast episode should be pineapple.
1: Ooh, I like it.
0: Because of that burst of what you felt, you know, when you bit into the pineapple. pineapple. I I just pictured it in my head as soon as you Mm. said it. So if you're a listener and you would like to connect with either David or I and send us. (laughs) The word pineapple. <laughs> there you go. That's I dig it. it.
1: Hell yeah! Say some send some pineapple. I love it. Pineapple. All pineapple right, and awesome. oatmeal. Well, no, thank you so
0: much, David. This has been absolutely <laughs> incredible. I let me know if I can do anything for you, and I'll keep you posted on all of this as well.
1: Yeah, and um, be uh, ready to hear from me. I want to interview you soon.
0: Yep. Please do. Okay. I'll thank talk you so much. To
1: you. Night.
0: thanks for joining us on today's episode of the only in the room if you like what you listen to give us a follow on instagram youtube linkedin and facebook the handle is at the only in the room that's t-h-e-o-n-l-y-i-n-t-h-e-r-o-o-m if you want to connect with david you can find him on instagram at more in that's m-o-r dot I-N-T-U-N-E. I hope you have a wonderful day and I hope to see you on our next episode.